Hello. Hello, what's happening? No much, I'm just having to adjust my gusset here. Adjust your gusset? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I know. What have you been watching? <laughs> so Dave, I believe you've got the first... Uh, I'll say that again. So, Dave, I believe you've got the first game in. What am I going to say? I know <laughs> Do you want me to say it? <laughs> I, I know what I'm going to say. I'm just trying. To... I got enough time to go for a pee. No, you got to piss yourself, Dave. <laughs> It'll only be two minutes, right? <laughs> and the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? I'm very well Derek, how are you mate? Dave, I think this is the episode we're going to get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this feeling. I'm, I'm glad I've had a few drinks Derek because I've got a feeling I'm going to have to rein you in at certain times during, <laughs> during this podcast, you know what I mean? So uh, I'll try and be the, se- the sensible one here when you're uh, giving off the old fire and brimstone act later on when I know what you're going to talk about. So Yes, I mean... We're either going to get cancelled or we're going to lose fans, but to be honest with you, with the folk that disagree with us, they don't seem to follow us anyway, and we don't follow them, so I don't think we're going to be too bad, Dave, but just to warn you for later. But (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, we've got two games to cover. It's a rather strange one. We've got a, a loss that we're delighted with, and we've got a win that we're a bit concerned about, so it's a bit strange that dynamic tonight. Well, we'll wait and see, Derek. Certainly the second half of the victory I was a lot happier with in the first half, but we'll get into that next, won't we? Yeah, well, I've also got a confession to make as well, Dave. I could say a joke about confession and all that, Derek, but I better know, because that'll definitely get us (laughs) cancelled. Yes, that's not good, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, unknown to me. I had accidentally muted one of the tracks on the last podcast, so it wasn't until Delta Rangers pointed out to me on a tweet, and I never really understood what he meant, because then it got all lost in the whole hubbub of what happened, and then he sent me a DM later on, and to clarify what he meant, because he thought I might be taking taking it a bit wrong, but not at all, thank you for pointing it out, I'd had one of the tracks on mute, so all the the wee full bits in between their segments, all the the, the classic match clips as well were all blank. So that was completely on me. That was in the rush to get it out. I'm in the process of trying to update that just now. Uh, Certainly the audio version of the last podcast will be amended. Whether I don't think I'll get the the YouTube version updated because it's just a big pain in the arse to do that one. So apologies for that. I will be more on the ball this week. Yep, and thanks again to our man out in Botswana that, that listens to us. He's one of our uh, loyal followers. He always g- g- gives us a wee tweet and a, a follow and listens to all the uh, all the podcasts and his videos that he puts up are usually quite fantastic. So thanks again for that. Yes, legend of a man right there. Yes. But anyway, we will go down the tunnel and onto the park. So, the first game we've got to cover 
was the incredible 2-1 loss away against Red Star Belgrade in Europa League last 16 leg two. However, because of the first leg, we went through 4-2 in aggregate to the quarterfinals yeah. of the Europa League. Unbelievable, Dave. Incredible, Derek. I mean, we knew it was going to be a difficult one as, as you're about to get into, Derek, but because of the incredible lead that we had going over there, we knew that we had one foot in the quarterfinals and we just had to be very professional about it and as you're about to get into, it was a defeat, but it was still enough for us to go through. And, you know, what an achievement it was. But Derek, I'll let you get into it. Yes. Four changes from the Dundee game previously. We lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Bassey, Jack, Lundstrom, Kamara, Aribo, Kent and Morelis. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, McCrory, Barisic, King, Ramsey, Sands, Arfield, Lowry, Ahmad, Wright, Roof and Sakala. I think, Dave, it might have been the exact same team that started the last game against Red Star. I'm not, I never checked that, but it seems that way. It's uh, it was just good. I, I was glad to see us have a sort of proper centre half pairing in, in there, Derek. Whether or not I know that Hillander's been getting a lot of stick, you know, since he's came back from from injury and stuff. But I always prefer if it's Golson with with one of them, with if it's either Balogun or Hillander, and arguably Balogun has been the better option recently. So I always feel that we're a lot stronger, a lot more organised when we've got the two centre-backs in there, rather than if it's Bassey, even though he's been outstanding for us, I still always feel that we're better with him on the left, so happy that we got back to that for this game. Yep. There was a minute silence before the game as well as one of the Red Star directors had passed away. Uh, I'm not sure if it was actually properly observed by their fans, to be honest, or it was me having st- uh, streaming issues, but certainly there was a, a constant din during it as well. The camera angle as well, as well was really, really weird. It was quite FIFA uh, almost. It was very high up, which is yeah. really weird because the stadium's actually really low. So yes. it must have been on some sort of cherry picker or something like that with the main, main camera, but it was a bit weird anyway. Yep. However, the game itself, now I have to caveat what I'm going to say, it was clear that Red Star had to come out attacking, but it was a really, really poor first half from us. Complete disconnect between every section of our squad, we never settled at all, we were not playing as a team, and too many players tried to do everything themselves. The passing had been woeful and the defending yeah. was all over the place. That said, though, we started off quite brightly in the first 10 minutes. We were on the front foot, forcing errors out of them. It didn't last long, though, because on the 10th minute, Red Star went 1-0 up. It was a corner in the right. It was played short, a great cross into the middle. Two of our players went to head it, completely missed it, and right to the Red Star player in the middle, who was completely unmarked again. He controlled it and shot into the back of the net from six yards. Poor, poor defending. Really poor, Derek. It all comes down to communication for me. Two players going for the same ball, primary school stuff there. One person should be taking control of that, say, you know, could clearly say that that's my ball dealing with, with the other one there, just in case it's missed or a mop it, anything up. Just just really, really poor. And like I said, their communication was just zero. So just uh, a, a bit of a shocker and, and all, really. Yep. Two minutes later, there was a quick break from Red Star. The ball was played to the left in the box, a shot off at an angle and a great save by McGregor to put it out for the corner. All over the shop at the back again. And we were at this point thinking this is going to be a long, long night. Yes, definitely. Yep. 19th minute, though, we had a break going forward. The ball went to Morelis. We had a man advantage. Kent drifts to the right in space and Morelis passes to the left to the Red Star player. 
really, really poor from Morelos there. Red Star, after that, go right up the pitch really quickly, sending across from the left, and the attacker manages to get a header off, unfortunately, right into the arms of McGregor. But from completely diabolical decision-making, Red Star go right up the park yeah. and have a great yeah. chance. So, yeah, well, we've got that one, Derek, yeah, I know. Absolutely, yeah. 23rd minute, Morelos got the ball from 25 yards out, drives the ball towards goal, gets into the box on the right-hand side and shoots, and it went just by the left post. Right after that as well, same minute, Red Star right up the park with a long ball, lovely cushioned header to their attacker who breaks into the box himself. He controls it, cuts inside and has a shot, but fortunately he shanks it wide of the left post. Another let-off yeah. there. Yeah, definitely. But again, we were, we were un- unlucky with the Morelos one, you know, just just before that, Derek. You know, because it was very close. So you could say it was a, you know, a really good chance for us as well. But you know, we were living dangerously at that stage. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. 35th minute, break up the park by Red Star again, down the left, crossed into the edge of the box, a lovely flick to their attacker who beat the offside trap, got a shot off but deflected out for the corner, so again, living dangerously at that point. On the 44th minute though, we had a great chance working the ball from the left, Bassey gets the ball in the box, past one player, tries to take on a wall of players rather than pass it or even trying a shot and he loses the ball. Utterly pathetic from Bassey there. I mean, why did you just run into a wall of players? You were never going to get anywhere with that. Really poor decision-making there. And then, 45th minute, from the goal kick, Red Star had a break up the park. The attacker gets the ball on the edge of the box on the right, cuts along the line to make space for himself, has a great shot and another outstanding save by McGregor to put out of the corner. We're living on the edge at this point here. Definitely, yeah. Yep. So that was how we ended up at half time. I think the only thing we could have taken that from that half really is the fact that it was only one 0 Definitely, Derek. I mean, apart from the sort of the half chance that Morelos had, we really didn't offer much at all. And you touched on it. It was just the lack of passing and moving for the team, which you know we are, are, are used to seeing our, our team do, especially away from home, being able to sit compact, but you know having that ability, you know string a couple of passes and then get away in the break. It just wasn't happening for us in the first half at all, was it? No, definitely not. So ultimately, the first we needed to start retaining the ball a lot better in the second half. Pass better as well, and more importantly for me, play as a team, because that's certainly something we weren't doing at that point. So certainly the second half was a better performance, and we ended up getting the goal, which completely nullified the tie. And I think, you know, as well, that Red Star were playing with a lot of pace, a lot of tempo. They were never going to keep that up the whole game. So that was a fortunate thing for us. And as the half ticked off, we kind of seen that we were edging ever closer to, to us getting the result. However, in the 47th minute, it was a corner in from Red Star from the left, hit with pace, but it was a poor corner, went right through to McGregor, who had to make another great save to stop it going in, and the ball was eventually cleared. Red Star got the ball back on the left another shot but right at McGregor who gathered 49th minute was a long pass to the left of our box beats our defence attacker running with Bassey poor from Bassey as the attacker gets across in on the deck and the unmarked attacker couldn't get there as he was caught flat footed another let off there yeah 54th minute, the ball flicked into our box. Attacker has a volley, deflects off Goldson, unfortunately right into the path of McGregor. And then, arguably against the runner play, on the 56th minute, the tie was effectively done and dusted because Ryan Kent scored to make it one each. Out of absolutely nothing, a quick break on the left, a great flick from Kamara to Kent. Kent drives it forward to the edge of the box, has a shot, a big deflection off the defender. It was going goal-bound anyway, but the deflection made it past the keeper and into the back of the net. 
And we breathed a sigh of relief after that, didn't we? It, it was, Derek. But that, what Ryan Kent does for us when he's on his game, we are, are able to do a very quick break. He's got the speed, he's got the skill, he's got the ability to do that, to get forward as quickly as possible, get a shot away and score. He's done it for us so many times before, Derek, especially in Europe. I know that the, the ball did t- take a deflection, but like you said there, that was going in regardless. It was a great shot. And as you say, at that stage, that is what killed, killed the tie. I don't care what it, it, anyone says. But that is what we're capable of, Derek. You know, we can be totally out, out of the game, doing absolutely nothing. But then we do have the players that can just do, do that very quickly. We showed it against Dortmund as well. We've done it here. And, you know, that was a, a vital goal to take the sting out, out of the game completely and really see us through, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And as much as Red Star had pretty much all the other chances in the game, they lost their intensity. They they yeah, still had yeah, a lot no, of possession, no. yep. but they lost their intensity. And right. I think that was, they really knew at that point the stuff would have exactly. been knocked out of them. The, the, yep. the tie was ours. Exactly. However, 62nd minute cross in on the deck from the left by Red Star, gathered at the near post by McGregor. 66th minute, a nice move from Red Star, ending on a lovely chip into the box on the left. Attacker chests it down and hits a shot at a very tight angle. It had the defence and McGregor beat, but it goes just by the far post. 67th minute, McGregor makes a good save to put out for the corner. The corner comes in and a pacey shot skims off the surface just outside the box. McGregor saves, spills it to the back post. Not sure if the attacker realised it was coming to him and he got a fumbled shot off, but McGregor gathers there. So again, living dangerously at that point. Couple of subs on the 68th minute, Aribo and Jackoff, Arfield and Sanzon. 70th minute, Red Star again with a chance. Lundstrom managed to get it back. He slips and then he gets in the road of the attacker to prevent him getting a shot off. So maybe a bit of fortune there and a bit yeah. of maybe the Red Star attacker not realising he was getting the ball back that way. 80th minute, Lundstrom and Morelos off. Barisic and Roof on. Morelos went down with an injury. He had to get carted off with a golf cart. That was just... <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> what an image. <laughs> you, you can see Cell, he looked utter, utterly mortified that he was having to go <laughs> off in this, didn't he? You can see that in there. But uh, co- co- comical scenes in such a hostile environment in this stadium. You see the golf buggy come on was quite funny. I must admit. Yeah. I mean, he didn't look in too much distress, so no. we're hoping that was just a bit of gamesmanship at that point, and yep. he started the next game, so quite clearly it wasn't wasn't, yes. wasn't serious anyway. 83rd minute, ball to roof on the right in the box, has a shot, and the keeper makes a good dive and save at the near post. 84th minute, corner from us on the right, evades everyone, finds Goldson, who feigned having a shot, drove it to the byline, crossed in and found Roof, who put it wide at close range. And the last sub of the game was on the 89th minute with Kent off and right on. However... On the ninety-second minute, those four words we hate to hear: penalty to Red Star. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. it was a cross in from the right. It was semi-cleared by us. Going to their attacker in the box, Kamara tries to get the ball and ends up standing on the foot of the attacker. It was just a lazy challenge. I'm not going to blame him too much. The game was done at that point. Yeah. However, the Warriors obviously putting in the lazy challenges like that. If the game was tighter, it was a correct call. Unfortunately, ninety-third minute. They hit the penalty to the left, sending McGregor the wrong way, and they made it 2-1 on the night. So that's how it ended. 2-1 loss. Disappointed on the night, but absolutely delighted we got through. Derek, fantastic achievement. Like, absolutely incredible. Going a step further than we have in the past few seasons. I mean, our European adventures over the last few seasons have been fantastic, but this taking it one step further... We've given Alan McGregor a lot of, I almost say stick, but you know, he t- takes criticism at certain games. He was certainly on it. 
in that game. He was absolutely outstanding. When it comes to shot stopping, Derek, we know that there's no, you know, many better goalkeepers out, out there than that. Alan McGregor, certain certain other things that, that we've questioned, but it was it was absolutely tremendous. He he was the reason that it stayed the you know the score that it was. It was it was absolutely brilliant. And apart from them getting the penalty at the end, we did live dangerously, but it could well have been one one if they hadn't got the penalty. But as you say, it was a it was a lazy tackle. But we'll take it and we're through. I think there was a little bit of sort of being lackadaisical for players. They knew they were three three now up. That's what I'm putting it down to. I know you're supposed to be totally professional at all time, regardless, to, you know, until the job is done. But I, I don't care what anyone says. When you know that you're three nothing up for our first game, I don't think there was going to be as much in- intensity there. That's what I'm putting it down to. It's sad to say that if that is the case, but that's that's what I'm taking from it, Derek. But they 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 got the job done. I'm absolutely thrilled that we're through. We've still got European f- football to talk about, and as you're about to get into. Maybe one of the most favourable draws for us without tempting any fate. Yeah, I mean, the draw was the next day. Absolutely buzzing for it. And that's the exact word I've used here is favourable. Not to say it's going to be easy. You know, certainly yep, not. Any team, not, no. any team, even, you know, at the last 16, last 32 are going to be difficult. But, you know, certainly the best draw we could have got, Braga in the quarterfinals. And if we make it out of that, it's going to be either RB Leipzig or Atalanta. So certainly the best draw we could have hoped for. Leipzig, obviously, we've got previous experience against them in a friendly a few years ago. We're a completely different kettle of fish. So are they, obviously. Atalanta as well. I think they are fourth in the in, in the Italian league. So not to be taken lightly at all uh, as no. well. So we've got Braga to deal with first, though. And I know we've, we, we drew with them and we beat them. That was a different kettle of fish also. They've also improved. It's a great stadium as well. Don't take that away. Brilliant stadium. That's secondary, of course. But, you know, in terms of... Getting through to the semi-final, it's the better than drawing Barcelona, put it that way. Definitely. Do you think there's any chance we can have Hadji back for that game, Derek? <laughs> well, just, a bit of luck, eh? Repli- replicate what he did the last time. No, no exactly, Derek. It could have been a lot worse. I am not in any way being complacent about this one at all because I was extremely confident last year when we got Slavia Prague and we got knocked out then as well. I'm sure, as you say, that Braga will have made a lot of changes. What we've got to say is, though, when we beat them at Ibrox the last time, we had George Edmondson playing, I'm sure, in defence <laughs> for us at that stage. You know what I mean? The team, completely different. We are definitely a much improved outfit from back then. So... Uh, Looking forward to Derek one game at a time, as we keep saying. But you know, for us still to be in playing in the competition at this stage of the season is just a fantastic achievement. Yeah, and the banter between the Braga official Twitter account has started already because they made reference to being two 0 up at Ibrox, and then Hadji happened. So exactly. You know. Yeah, I, I love it when you know the official accounts have banter like that, and they take it's it. In still, it's still not going to be as good as the Red Star one. Let's let's be perfectly honest. <laughs> ah, that was great, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we move on now to the next game, which is Sunday the twentieth of March. It was away against Dundee in the Premiership, where we won two one. Now we almost jinxed it straight away because we were wearing our hundred and fiftieth top one, Dave. 
<laughs> We've got to stop thinking like that, Derek. We really do. I put it down to purple strips, to be perfectly honest with you. We used to wear, you know, the, the, the purple strip years ago. It wasn't lucky for us. I don't think the purple strips would be lucky for us at all here. And I thought, surely we can go put that to bed. But it was a absolutely cracking strip and it looked great as well. I, I must say, you know, it did look, look the part, but... As you say, Derek, I'll let you go on with the first half, but it wasn't a pretty viewing, was it? No, certainly not. So it was four changes from the Red Star game. We lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Hellander, Bassey, Lundstrom, Sands, Arfield, Ramsey, Kent and Morelis. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Balogun, Jack, Aribo, Kamara, Barisic, Ahmad, Roof and Sakala. Now, Derek, I think right now you should take a deep breath and do some uh, <laughs> some relaxing exercises before you get in to talk, to talk about what happened in this game. Well, I'm I'm going to reference it, but we're going to deal with that whole situation and, and <laughs> later on in the news. So, however, the first half an absolute shambolic first half, no fight whatsoever, very pedestrian, no shots on target, and that includes having a penalty as well, which is crazy. The, what is the more galling thing though is at that point we didn't have another game until the third of April, thirteen yeah. days time. We should have been emptying the tank. That said, Dundee were playing well. They were 100% up for it. They were chasing every ball, not letting us have any time in the ball whatsoever. We, as a team, are infinitely better than them, but we were showing absolutely nothing. And as much as we should have been emptying the tank, maybe it was a sign the tank's already empty. So it could be a, a case of this break has come just at the right time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So certainly in the first minute, the game stopped for a couple of minutes because we're clearing bog roll thrown by our fans obviously protesting against the friendly broke up play whether the goal is a direct result for that I don't know however on the sixth minute Dundee scored to make it 1-0 it was a quick throw in forwards a quick pass to their attacker he got to the touchline gets the ball across and a header into the back of the net it was that simple the defence was nowhere Absolutely nowhere, Derek. And again, I'm not saying it was a carbon copy at the Red Star game because it wasn't the fact that two men went, went for the ball. It just nobody seemed to mark anyone. I mean, that was, as you say, the, the easiest sort of goal that they'll score. I don't actually think that the guy that scored the goal quite believed the amount of space and time that he had just to pop the ball into the, the, the back of the net. I've, I've, I've watched it back a few times. I don't know who was marking or who was supposed to be marking them, but it was just, there was nothing there whatsoever. That was worrying, considering, you know, we had the likes of Hellander back there, who usually, when it comes to defending set pieces, is usually absolutely outstanding as well, but no, nobody near, near the guy at all. Shocking goal to give away, and as you say, Early on, that's us fighting straight away just to even try and get back and get an equaliser, which is n- never good for us. No. Ninth minute, Dundee with another cross from the left across the goal, picked up at the back post, tried to cross again, but blocked and cleared, so living dangerously at that point. On the 10th minute, Rangers fans again throwing tennis balls this time on the park. I'll park that, Dave. I'll park that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 17th minute, it was a long switch of play from Lundstrom to Bassey on the left. A long cross into the box. Morelis gets ahead to it, but wide. 23rd minute, Goldson chests it down and spins and a volley, but it went wide. 32nd minute, our first corner of the game. Disgraceful, Dave. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just after that, for about six minutes, my stream went down and it came back up on the 38th minute. And then in the 40th minute, those three words you love to hear, penalty to Rangers yep. we're knocking the ball about of the box long ball floated in the Dundee player falls down and a penalty given to us as he was holding on to Morelis' shirt now on first viewing 
I was like, that is no way a penalty we got off very lightly there. There was a slight tug, I felt, but nowhere near enough for... I felt they were both at it, and there was nowhere, nowhere near enough to give us a penalty. I've seen a still, and I don't know if it's been a Photoshop, because it's a few Photoshop funny Photoshops going about of various things about positioning and all that, but the Dundee player had a clear handful of his shot and it was getting well pulled. So certainly, you know, the, the Dundee manager felt it was a penalty. Rangers felt it was a penalty. The referee felt it was a penalty. It was at Declan Gallagher, the referee on Sky Sports. He felt it was a penalty. The only people that never felt it was a penalty were Celtic fans in sports scene. <laughs> Co figure. Is that, is that not the same thing? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> I'm the same as you, Derek. I am still dubious. I mean, I thought that they were both at it, to, to be perfectly honest with you, but, you know, we, we got away away with it there, but I thought it was quite soft watching it in real time, but I really don't care. Like I've said before, if the referee thinks it's a penalty and we get it, we get it, but brilliant. But as you're about to get into, Derek, it didn't really make much difference, did it? No, not really, because in the 41st minute, Tavernier misses and he hits it over the bar. You know, just like his, his penalty against oh. his last two penalties he's hit where he's hit it high, this time it did go too high and skied it over the bar. So he was due a miss. It worked out well in the end, I suppose. It worked out all right. We got the three points. Spoilers oh. for later on. However, I'm glad he missed it in this one and not, you know, the, the quarter final or the final no, of the UEFA Cup or anything like that. That's true. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's all evident that, you know, obviously Tav takes pride in his penalties. He's obviously practising them. He's changed his stance and his style of taking penalties. He's going for the top corner. But, you know, you have to, to, to realise that, you know, like you say, he's got to miss at some point. And, you know, it was it was one of them. We could see exactly what he was going to do. He was trying to get it right in the top corner like he did in the last game. It didn't work out. Skyed it. So... Here's hoping that that is the miss, Derek, and that's you know that's that that that's over and done with now. So, aye, unfortunate there. Yeah, I mean, it could be down to something as simple as the tatty field that was Dens Park, because again, it was a disgrace. So maybe as they tailor it to the park he's park he's on, maybe I don't know, but. In the last chance of the half on the 44th minute, Tavernier with a cross from the right, Ramsey with a header over the bar. So really, really shambolic display yeah, in the first yep. half. Uh, needed something big in the second. We made two substitutions just before we kicked off. Hellander and Arfield off, Aribo and Sakala on. So certainly, you know, going to be a bit more gung-ho, I would have said there. Yes, definitely, Derek. And I felt that, that we needed that wee bit of more directness. And to be fair to Sakala, Derek... That's what, what, what he does. He's, you know, there's no frills about Sakala. He likes to get the ball in front of him and run, and that's what we were needing. We were needing somebody, you know, that we could, you know, especially on that right hand side, that would have a go at, at the defence. And uh, you know, it'd be fair to Geo. He made the subs and you know tried to change the game. Yeah. Forty-six minute, a stoppage again as our fans throw bog rolls on the park again. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> 60th minute, the ball was crossed into the box from the right to, by Tavernier to the back post and Morelos headers it, punched off the line by the keeper, back out, eventually finds Morelos again who has a shot but it was an easy take for the keeper. Our first shot on target of the game. Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. 61st minute, a cross in from Tavernier on the right, Ramsey with a great header and a fantastic save by the keeper. This is when we kind of thought, right, we're starting to, start to play here, yes. we're starting to turn yep. the screw yep. and the keeper's going to pull out worldly after worldly, yep. won't they? Yep. Well, as you say, Derek, I had a positive feeling about that because it was just one-way traffic at that stage. So, 
Yep. 62nd minute, a shot just outside the box and saved by the keeper. And as I said, starting to really turn the screw at that that point. Yep. Coincided, mind you, with Dundee dropping off. You know, when teams come flying out the traps and they play a very high tempo in the first half, you know that they're not going to be able to sustain it for the full half. 63rd minute, a rebound with a shot at an angle on the left, saved by the keeper and out for the corner. At that point, 64th minute, Sands off and Roof on. And pretty much straight away, within 30 seconds, Roof's involved because yeah. in the 64th minute, Ramsey makes it one each. It was a long ball floated into the back post from Tavernier on the left. Roof with a header at close range. Keeper makes a save but spills it to the middle where Ramsey bundles it over the line for his first goal. Fantastic. Yep. Delighted, Derek. Just like what you said, you know me, I'm a bit of a critic of Kamar Roof. He's, uh, he, he blows hot and cold for me, but certainly he has made the difference in the last sort of few games that he's came on. He certainly did there. It was the sort of first chance that he got. Unlucky himself with a header, but that's what we're looking for Aaron Ramsey to do. The the forward midfielder that's in there as a third striker or you know a, a you know a support striker, if you like, to try and get in there for any rebounds and stuff like that. He's been known to do that. You know his whole career, score goals in the right place at the right time, and thankfully was there to bundle it in. And you know, set up this at the last half hour or so for us to go out and try and get the winner. Yep. However, for me, I think right after we scored, we completely dropped off after that and we never kept the same intensity as we did that we were doing in the last five to ten minutes of the game. Really don't don't understand what happened there. I know it was as if we had scored the goal and then sitting back instead of you know, just going and going and going to try and get it, but as I say, thankfully, uh, it did pay off in the end. 84th minute, Ramsey came off and Kamara came on. And then, just when we thought we were having to settle for two drops points, 86th minute, Goldson makes it 2-1. We went down the right, there was a pass in, dummied by Goldson initially, Roof tries a sliding shot, flicks up, and Goldson with a volley into the back of the net. That was a striker's goal, Dave. That was the centre-back's goal. Well, Derek, it was uh, it was a great goal, great awareness, and Giovanni Van Bronckhurst in his uh, after-match interviews taking all the credit for that because apparently he wanted Goldson to stay as the sort of third striker up there to cause problems, and it paid off, thankfully. Fantastic sort of volley from him as well. Great awareness. He knew where everyone was and finished off absolutely fantastic. Well done. Big yep. uh, Connor Goldson, great goal. Yep, 87th minute, Morelos off and Balogun on and we played 7 minutes injury time yes. as well due to stoppages what I meant to say at some point I think we were one each the sprinkler system went off as well oh, which, was, yeah. which was random So, um, but 7 minutes injury time I think we ended up playing 8 as well but fortunately we got away with that one there uh, delighted getting the 3 points in the end but that was really painful to watch certainly the second half a lot better but as I said I felt we dropped off after we made it one each we need to buck up our ideas because we can forget about any aspirations of semi-finals if if we play like that against Braga. We can forget about the league certainly as well uh, if we keep playing like that. We need the players to recharge and we need a lot better in the last seven games. Derek, I am going to look at it in a slightly different angle to the way that you have just there. It was poor in the first half of no no getting away from it. Completely disjointed, no will- willingness at all. But the character shown in the second half to come back with the pressure on, everything that was happening off-field, as we're going to get into it, bounty have affected the players and for us to come back from one down 
to eventually go on and, and win the game shows a lot of character for me going back not last season but like the season before we would have spoke about this a long time there's no way we would have won that game so I am taking the positives out of it that we got the three points it wasn't pretty but it's games like that and victories like that that do win you leagues so I'm trying to stay as positive as possible I think all, all the players need to have a wee look at themselves it was a tough week we knew that and just delighted that we managed to get the three points there and I'm exactly the same as you Derek I think that this break will be much more advantageous to us than it will be to Celtic I think the break for us will be a great way of us getting re- rejuvenated players that are no, you know, are still not fully fit to give them another week and a bit or two weeks to get back to full fitness, get some players back as well. So I'm taking as many positives out of that as I possibly can. Well, in the league, we've played 31, 22, drawn 7, lost 2, scored 62, conceded 25, goal difference plus 37, and we're on 73 points. We're still sitting second, three behind Celtic, but our goal difference compared to them is shot to shit now because we've got 14 less than them. So, really, it is a four-point lead they've got effectively. We need, undoubtedly, we need to win this game. There is no question. In fact, we need to, obviously, we need to win every single game. You know, that's the... That's unquestionable at this point. So let's just hope, as you said, that they we take that as a positive, that last game, and recharge our batteries. However, games to come. Sunday the 3rd of April, that's at home to Celtic in the Premiership. That's a midday kickoff. Thursday the 7th of April, that's away to Braga in the first leg of the quarter-final Europa League. Now, I'm not too sure if this is the case, but on the site I looked at, it's got an 8 o'clock kickoff. so I hope that is the case, to be honest. And I hate these uh, you know, quarter to six kickoffs. Then, sandwiched in between, we've got Sunday the 10th of April, that's away to St Myrne in the Premiership, that's a midday kickoff. We've got the return leg against Braga on Thursday the 14th of April, that's a 8 o'clock kickoff. And then to wrap up the next run of games, Sunday the 17th of April, that's at Hamden, to Celtic in the Scottish Cup semi-final, that's a 2pm yep. kickoff. So, Dave, how many fixtures are you going to be away for? I think all of them. <laughs> I know I will be back, hopefully. Hopefully, uh, I'll be back for, uh, I'll, I'll be here for the semi final game, but the other games in between that, I will be again, hopefully, in America. But don't worry, Derek, I'll still fight, find a way watching the game, so I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll not be missing them. Yeah, so let that be warned. This is the last podcast until at least nearly the end of April and we'll have a shit ton of games to cover as well. <laughs> I think I think it'll be very, very brief summaries of the game, Derek. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be discussing five straight victories in a row, Derek. That's exactly. Yes. yes. Yep. So, we'll now go into the classic match. And then it is. The final whistle's gone. Rangers have won the European Cup Winners' Cup. So, Dave, I believe you've got the first game of a ginger manager, haven't you? <laughs> That's right, Derek, it was, <laughs> of course. The debut, uh, Alec McLeish as the Rangers manager, that was on the 22nd of December 2001 when Rangers took on Alex Smith's Dundee United team at Ibrox. Uh, Rangers team on that day was uh, Kloss, Rickson, Amoruso, Newman, Barry Ferguson, Flo DeBoer, Conterman Ross, Avaladze and Tony Vidmar on the bench for Rangers, Kenija, Dodds, Wilson, Christensen and Lovenkranz. 
Dundee United team was Gallica, Lachlan Easton, Charlie Miller, Patterson, McCunney, Griffin, Aventus, Stephen Thompson, Partridge and Carson. So Rangers going out there, it had been a bit of a tough season for Rangers. We all know, going back there, the extent of Rangers' debt at that point had came out after the, the Advocat era. Rangers facing, having to sell a lot of top players and trying to uh, let the bank know that we'd be able to repay and, and get things back to a manageable position. So a, a lot of uncertainty at that time. Alec McLeish coming in, he knew he had a tough job, but still, if you look at that squad, having players like, you know, Klaus, Rickson, Newman, Barry Ferguson, Ronald DeBoer, uh, Avaladze in the team, you know, some absolutely world-class players, so that would always help. So, early chance for Rangers in the game, Bert Contamin, who was playing in midfield, long ball up to shot at Avaladze on the left wing. Now, that's another thing, Derek, I, I, I think back, it, it shows you how my brain works. Shot at Avaladze, clearly, for Rangers, was a left winger, clearly. A left winger that could come inside, also put, plays a striker, I always, in my head, thought that Avaladze was a support player. And, you know, and when I think back to games, especially, he was a clear left winger. I don't know at the time what I was thinking, but watching him play, he was, he was absolutely outstanding in this game, by far the, the man of the match, which we'll get on to. But like I said, it was a through ball, Conterman up to shot Avaladze. He turned through ball to Arthur Newman on the overlap. He gets to the byline, a fantastic cross over just over the head of Torrey Andre Flo and cleared. So Rangers showing their early intent there to try and score. Then there was a shot from Dundee United Partridge on the edge of the box, thankfully straight at Stefan Kloss. Next chance, Barry Ferguson in the halfway line shields the ball and does a fantastic turn. Ball out to Fernando Rickson on the right-hand side, up to Torrey Andre Flo, who chests the ball down and fires just over the bar. Really unlucky there, still nil-nil. But on the 21st minute, Rangers make the breakthrough. Here's De Boer, brilliant turn by De Boer. Arbelagi should get it, and he does. Arbelagi, in and go. He does it! Cleanly taken by the Georgian. Dundee United had pushed forward, left themselves vulnerable on that right-hand side of their defence. He had a long way to run. Now, I've seen him on one-and-ones at Ivers before that he has missed. This time, he made absolutely sure. I think perhaps deceiving the goalkeeper, who might have felt he was going to play it wider to his left. And Rangers go one in front. Dundee United on the attack. They put the ball, high ball, in, into the defence. It was cleared by Lorenzo Amoruso. And they... He sort of clears it, quite a high clearance. The ball drops to Ronald De, De Boer. What a first touch. Stops the ball dead just inside the halfway line. Turns, takes a touch, and then a first-time ball through to Shota Avaladze, who he saw running on his outside. He bursts through and goes, run, run nearly half the length of the pitch into the box and hits a fantastic curled shot past the goalkeeper to make it 1-0 to Rangers. Fantastic goal by Avaladze there. Then Dundee United almost equalised straight away on the edge of the box. Ventus with a low shot, saved by Stefan Kloss and a tackle at the same time by Ross and out for the corner. But Dundee United then equalised from the corner. What a swing in it. It's off and it's in again. Thompson got the equaliser. 
Well, where was the goalkeeper? Indeed, where was the entire Rangers defence? I mean, Laughlin was left not wholly uncovered, but given a surprising amount of freedom here. There he is. Well, you could see that Tontemann completely lost sight of where the ball was. He was looking elsewhere. Poor defending Keystone Cop stuff there by Vidmar and Bert Conterman. The ball falls for Stephen Thompson. He had all the time in the world. He was able just to beat his man and slot the ball underneath Kloss to make it 1-1. So poor defending there by Rangers. But back out on the attack, Ronald De Boer on the right-hand side. He played the ball in the byline for Fernando Rickson, who'd kept running. Great cross along the ball. It falls for Newman. All I had to do was just make connection with the ball. It would have been in, but fresher shot, unfortunately. Completely misses it, and Dundee United clear. It's still 1-1 at that stage. Then Tony Vidmar to Arthur Newman on the left wing. A high ball with the outside of the boot. A fantastic ball into the box. Shot at Avalazzi. Tries the volley, but just past the post. Really unlucky there. What a ball by Arthur Newman. Unlucky with that one. But just before half-time, Rangers go back into the league. And it's Amorosa. And on his return from suspension, the big fella leaps up there with delight. A simple goal, but very effective. And he comes across to the new management team and gives them both a hug, as if to say, welcome, and maybe you'll make me captain after that. It was a corner for Rangers. Fernando Rickson on the right. Simple stuff into the box. Lorenzo Amoruso, bang, into the back of the net with a header to make it 2-1 to Rangers. That was a half-time whistle. Into the second half there, Rangers really looking to try and kill the game off as early as possible. And they started on the front foot. Shota again, mentioning his name a lot here because he was by far the best player on the field during this game. On the left wing, he dicks a great ball over the right back, actually just flicks it over, beats his man, fantastic piece of skill. The ball bounces, he shoots for the edge of the box just wide. That had to be an absolutely outrageous goal if they went in, really unlucky there. But then that number that we love, 55 on the 55th minute, Rangers scored the third goal and it was a great goal. Amoroso comes away with it though. There's a run by Rickson. Here's Arbaladzi's onside. Balaji going in, and that's it! Tremendous! A second for Balaji, Running the full length of the field again. He had the option of maybe putting it inside to Rickson, who I think was impeded in any case. He decided it's my ball. And so it was. Amoruso picks up the ball. In the right back area, he spots shot Avaladze on the left wing. He hits a fantastic cross-field pass. Shota runs into the box at speed, changes direction at the last minute and thunders the ball past the goalkeeper. Absolutely tremendous goal for Rangers. That put it 3-1. That gave us a wee bit of room there. Then on the 57th minute. Put in there by Patterson. And no cover at all. Newman ran away from that. That's an incredible goal. They ran away from Thompson. Good on the lad for the way he took it eventually. But watch this extraordinary running away. 
and leave, leaving him on his own. Rickson and Amoruso a mix up in midfield. Dundee United pick up simple ball, the ball into the box, and then both Newman and Vidmar don't challenge. Stevie Thompson strokes the ball home again to make it. 3-2 into Rangers so you know we had the game wrapped up at that point and then some really poor play all over the field by Rangers and that let Stevie Thompson in for his second goal in the game against us so really 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 poor there but to be fair to Rangers they came straight back into it and that man again shot Avaladze on the left wing runs inside through ball to Tori Andre Flo he beats his man completely and has a shot, puts the ball just wide. It actually looked easier to score, considering they've done all the hard work just before that. Morris Ross on the right wing for Rangers, gets to the byline, low cross right in front of everybody, shot at the back post, shoots. The ball was surely going to hit the back of the net, but an incredible save by the goalkeeper. He puts the ball, he saves it, the ball out to Arthur Newman at the edge of the box. He thunders a shot, fantastic save again by the keeper. Gets the ball away, still 3 2 to Rangers, and then almost an equaliser for Dundee United, playing really dangerously again. Ball played right across the front of the goal, thankfully. Thompson again shoots wide. Really, really lucky there for Rangers. And Fernando Rickson played into the box on the right hand side, cross off the Dundee United defender's head. It was going at the back of the net, but the keeper, again, were a tremendous save. That was going to be an own goal. Then right at the end of the game, last chance for Rangers. Ronald De Boer on the right wing beats his man, runs inside, finds shot of a lads in the edge of the box. He's desperate for a hat-trick. Sidesteps his man, hits a low shot, and inches past the post. Really unlucky there. That's how the game finished, Derek. Really good end-to-end stuff. And by far, shot Avaladze, man of the match there. Outstanding performance by him. A few Keystone Cop moments, like I said before, in the Rangers' defence. But I've got to say, all all in all, going back to watch, I I didn't really appreciate shot Avaladze as much uh, at the time, Derek, when I was watching him. I think I was more, you know, enamoured by the likes of Ronald De Boer and and guys like that. But but going back and watching there, absolutely sensational. And he scored a hell of a lot of goals for us as well. Maybe a player that we forget about sometimes, but well worth watching these games and going back just to see how good he was. Yeah, a fantastic player for us, and as you said, we didn't really appreciate him, and no. and just a, another crazy, fantastic game for for us as yeah. well. And good yep. to for McLeish to get his his winning tally off, and you know what a manager he he ended up being for us as well. Exactly, Derek. I think he was the last manager to win a domestic treble for Rangers, also to get through the group stages of the Champions League in the current f- format as it's in as well. So you know, man, managerial achievements that will never be forgotten. Let's let's be honest so uh, you know a, a, a great manager and again maybe overlooked a wee bit you know considering what he did do, do for us but certainly we will uh, you know we'll always remember the achievements that he got for us as the as the Rangers manager absolutely so Dave will be back with another classic match in the next episode yep. so it's now time for the news so brace yourself <laughs> I've been dreading this. <laughs> so it's going to sound like I'm, I'm maybe having a go at the fans, and I'm only having a go at certain fans in, the, in this case. There isn't a single Rangers fan out there that actually wants this friendly to go ahead. That's no. an absolute given, right? Yep. The club have absolutely misjudged this big time, no question. But the fans that are continually protesting, do you actually think that the board have said, right, 
what can we do to piss off the fans and let's just do that. It was done to try and benefit the club. It was well-intentioned, but completely misguided. And I don't think there's any way you can get away from that. It was done to benefit the club, well-intentioned, but completely misguided. Now, I said last week in our last episode that I thought the protests were going to be a bit OTT. Let's put things into context now. An element of fans are about to burn down the house over a friendly. Literally trying to derail our season, which we're still fighting on three fronts over a friendly. Not only that, it's a friendly that's eight months away. Now, I've seen some folks say in response to it, fuck the trophies we're going after this season. And the thing that rips my knitting more than anything, some have even said it's the real fans that are, are fighting for this. I mean, if the definition of real fans is entitled idiots, then yeah, they're real fans. This whole thing about, oh, I'm a better fan because I go home and away and all that kind of shit, it's just utter nonsense. It really is. As I've said before, Dave, and you've said as well, going to games home and away should be treated as a privilege, not an entitlement. It's great that you can do that. It's great that you're supporting the team. But at the same time, it doesn't make me any less of a fan because I've got a family and commitments and I can't get to games home and away. The protests at Dundee were an absolute disgrace. The songbook was out again. That's not going to do the club any favours whatsoever. The first interruption of play with the the bog rolls, stupid, but okay. you're making a point, right? You've made your point. The second one with tennis balls, it went too far at that point. Not only that, we slagged Celtic fans for doing the exact same last season with tennis balls. The third one, completely moronic. We're a goal down, chasing the game, and you interrupt the play again. I mean, even McGregor, you've seen them mouth in there calling the fans fucking arseholes. So when you've got your own players effectively telling you to wind your neck in, does that not kind of ring a bell with something, Dave? I, Derek, I'm exactly the same as you, and I don't want anything to do with this friendly. I don't, I don't want us having any representation there whatsoever. And I know that you're talking about we could be, you know, contractually obliged to go and and, and stuff like that. I get that. I am you know, completely 100% you know, with the fans that don't want anything to do. We, we, we don't want to be associated with them. We don't want anything to do. It's been built, like I said last week, as the Ange Poster Coglu homecoming. I don't want to be any part of that at all. I, I really don't, right? I am all for protests in a way that you're going to get your point across, Derek, without affecting anything too much. But when it is affecting the first team and the game that they're actually playing, you know, that is the the, the line is, is drawn there for me. The fact that we were getting beat in the game, the fact that it's obviously affecting the players, surely anybody can turn around and say, no, that's just too far. We take it away. You're going to have a protest, Derek, have it away from the, 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 the players on the field. Do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, you, you know, keep them out there. They're trying to, to, to win us games. And, you know, I've been seeing a lot of things. Oh, well, there was no harm done because we won the game. But that wasn't a given in that game, Derek, because we were playing badly. And to have so many disruptions of the game, you know, we, we, we spoke about a minute ago, on top of that, the bloody sprinklers went off as well. So if there was, you know, if there was ever going to be anything that was going to stop us for, for getting the three points, they all happened during that game, it's it's poor by the supporters. As you say, we, we spoke about it in the last pod, about the songs being sung. You know, it's unacceptable. It seems to be a way of, oh, well, the board are not listening to us, so we're going to start singing. It's, it's, it's unacceptable. Uh, and I just feel that 
anything that's disrupting the players in the actual game, Derek, and you know, stopping us from having the chance of winning games. That, that's, that's it's a complete no win for anyone whatsoever. And I was I was totally t- taken aback by it. As you say, it happens. It happens once. Fair enough, it's stupid, but for it to happen three times in a game and continually stop the game. Now, another thing as well, we had eight minutes of injury time added onto that game. We could have been doing without that. We were winning 2-1. We didn't want to give them any chance. You know what happened the last time that they had you know, an injury time like that? We ended up drawing the game. That was my ultimate point with that, is the fact yeah. that you're, you're adding on injury time, which yes. we have got a history this season exactly. especially. Of losing goals in that yeah. time, so um, I mean, D- Derek, I'm not have, having a go at p- p- protests in total. If 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 you feel that there's a, a, a strong need for a protest, but do it properly, do it out with the stadium, do it to make sure that the the the, the people in charge can see it. But do not, for God's sake, jeopardise the team winning on the park. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, that's I'm I'm, I'm trying to, to look at it for that way. And for some fans out there to turn round and say that they're not caring about winning and about the trophies, it's about get, get, getting their point across, that's absolutely incredible. I, I honestly can't, can't quite believe that. So, well, well, that's why, Dave, I know I, know I generalised on Twitter and I said all, and I said away oh, fans. Oh, I know, Derek, I know, yes. yes. <laughs> and I think most people knew what I was talking about, the people yeah. that were actually doing it. And I know that it wasn't all away fans doing it, you know, so I want to make that point clear. We all know who the culprits of that were. For all the good they do, such as the TIFO and the atmosphere, especially the TIFO, the TIFO, you know, against the Aberdeen game for a 150th game, they don't half let themselves and the club down time and time again. Now, when they're the self-proclaimed heartbeat of the club and they're the only ones that sing in Ibrox, well, in the same token, when the songbook is out and the clearly organised disruption happens, who's the blame going to get pointed at? Well, Derek, and again, I'm not in one way saying that they're directly involved, but as you say, when, when these things happen, you know, there's usually what is it you say, there's no smoke without fire. I know who you're talking about Derek, we've had discussions many, many times about the pros and cons and I'm all in favour, you know, of the what they've done for the atmosphere and, you know, everything else. Absolutely fantastic, but there are certain things that seem to go too far and it affects the club and, as I say, going right down now to affecting the actual game that the players are playing is where, you know, I think the line has has to be drawn. We, we, we can't go on and keep, you know, disrupting a game where we are desperate to try and win the match. I mean, that's what ultimately it comes down to me, Derek. Um, I, I, mean, I honestly have got no issues with protests about this because we all feel strongly about it, but not when it's involving the actual players and the you know the potential result of a game. No, de- definitely not, and that's why I did say on that tweet is you know you, you don't care about the club at all because quite clearly at that point you don't. You're all you're trying to do is get your point across, and it's affecting the game. Now, in the the whole discussion around it as well, that people are saying that they've been doing this because they've referenced that the board don't listen to the fans and the fact that they wanted safe standing and they they, they were told no by the club and then the club refused to engage over it. Well, Dave, see when fans come out with that shit, 
they lose all the argument as it comes across as spitting the dummy and mummy and daddy said no so we're going to act out I mean they've got previous for petulant childish behaviour and I believe me and you were at the, actually at the game as well when they refused to, to make any any noise and they stayed silent because they were getting refused safe standing you know acting out and deliberately hurting club is not going to get what you want is it you know that's not what you do it's just so childish behaviour and as you said right protest but make sure it stays away from yeah, actually um, affecting the yep. team mm-hmm. so I, I don't I don't have an issue with that at all Derek I, I really don't so, so sometimes it's the only way if it's done properly yeah I mean there's rumours from the Australian media sources that Rangers are looking to pull out but yep. nothing has been confirmed yet I know fans, what they want, they want Rangers to come out and say that we're actually not going to bother, we're cancelling it, or we're looking down the legal route to, to come and come and cancel that and you know we'll see what we can do. But do you not think that the club are quite clearly aware of how the fans feel? And this is not just one wee group of fans now I'm talking about, this is the full fan base. Do you not think that they would have came out and said that by now if it was that simple? I mean, here's a scenario for you, Dave. The club come out and say that and don't go. We lose out for the three million fee we're getting. That's a given, right? But then other fans then don't buy tickets, so the organisers lose money. The organisers will come after us for multi-million pound compensation due to breach of contract and lost revenue, as you would expect them to do. Because if we've signed a contract saying we'll attend, they're going to sell tickets on the back of that. The big hubbub of the the old firm attending, then we pull out. They're not going to get that same same ticket sales, so they've lost revenue. It will cost us multi-million pound in compensation. And that's that's been realistic here because if they're paying Celtic three million pound, they're paying us three million pound, the other clubs will be getting maybe not as much, or maybe they will, might be, we don't know. And then the organisers will be making a fair chunk out of it too. So that you're talking about a multi-million pound breach of contract settlement right there. We don't have that money to waste away, do we? I mean, it's at the stage now I can see that the outcome will be that we pull out, we'll be forced to pay a hefty compensation fee because the fans want Rangers to pull out and there'll be an accompanying statement that will say along the lines of we need to reassess our, our finances as the final have a big impact on stadium upgrades and our transfer kitty. So that'll affect everything else that they want. They want a good squad. They want stadium upgrades like the, the safe standing. They want Ockenhowie upgraded. They want disabled section sorted. You know, as I've said, Dave, it was completely poor for the board to sanction this, but it's done now. If cancelling it has a detriment to the club, should we not just really suck it up and, as you say, send the reserves there? Well, if it's going to cost it, us that much? Derek, I, I, I said that in the last game as well. It's been it's been an absolutely shambles for the start. The board should have known what was going to happen here. They've seen the pound signs and they've chased it without having any thought whatsoever. It's really, really poor by them. It's very small-minded by them as well because they wouldn't have known what was going to happen. Maybe they didn't think it was going to go to this stage at all, but... You know, everything that's went on, we definitely don't want it. So why not treat this friendly with the contempt it deserves? And no offence to the, you know, the reserve players and stuff like that, but stick a B team out there. And even like I said to you, if there is, you know, there's got to be so certain amount of first team players go out there, then go out and put in some of the guys that didn't get their game in the first team anymore. Go and put Cedric in the team. 
go and put Jack Simpson in the team. You know, get get guys like that. Treat the friendly with the contempt it deserves. So what if we would go out there and get absolutely hammered? That's the way that I, I would be seeing it now. I don't, I, I don't want to see us playing any shape or form out there, Derek, at all. And I think, you know, you, you know the board have got a lot to answer for, for there. The thing that, I'm, uh, that, that, that I want to try and go to on it, though, is that I think the board should at least try and acknowledge the fact that, you know, we've done this. This is the reason that we've done it, but we do acknowledge that the fans aren't happy about it whatsoever. As soon as the season finishes, we'll go back, go into discussions, and, and, and we'll take it up for there. And I know that we're going to get into the stuff for the Club 1872 thing as well, you know, after that, because they were quick to, to, to come out there with a statement with them. I really think that they, they need to come out with some sort of statement, regardless if they're going to still go ahead with it or not, just to say that they are aware of the concerns of the fans and they will be addressing them as soon as the season finishes, you know, and leave it and, and let us concentrate on the games coming up. But the board aren't doing that as well. I, th- I think the board have been shocking and, you know, the, the whole thing, Derek, and I know that we're looking for, for, for money and, and stuff like that and, and trying to get, you know, a, a revenue, but it's just been in, in very poor taste and, you know, in league with the devil, shall we say, uh, that, that way. So I understand the protests completely, but the way that it's gone about, again, it's just, it's, it's, it's been poor, uh, you, you know, by us and it's, you know, affecting the team. I keep go, go, going back to that, so. Yeah. So that was all kind of done and dusted. Then we had the international break, and then Club eighteen seventy two decides to to show their face once again. Another one out. of your fa- favourite topics, oh, Derek. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the team on the park that's going to give him a heart attack. It's this kind of shit, Dave. But anyway. Club 1872 come out with an absolutely disgraceful lengthy statement, have a go at the board for everything under the sun, things that have been about for months and they said absolutely fuck all at the time about. What is the need for this at this time, really? I mean, again, it's got all the hallmarks of Dave King now. We all have Dave King to thank for a lot of stuff and really having a club right now, but there comes a point when he just needs to disappear. I'll get into him later. I mean, I'm not going to go over all, gro- all ground of what I said last episode about 1872, but they are an absolute sham of an organisation. They speak for a small minority of paid members, a few thousand at best, and that's really the point, paid members. Because as soon as you don't pay them, you're not a member, and they mean absolute fuck all to you. I'm sure everybody's read the statement already, but you know, just going briefly over it, they've made accusations about people close to the club trying to remove Club 1872 directors, claimed there was smears and lies told against them, named Robertson, Bisgrove and Graham, they had a go at the friendly, they had they had a go at MyJers, NFTs, fan tokens, non-disclosure agreements, RSCs getting shafted, claimed that they had information which they've offered to fan media, it was really a scattergun approach, which really appeared to be looking to see if anything sticks. There was no, you know, hard and fast thing. Now, granted, you could say that they've got a few valid points. Yep. The club and the board are not perfect. Mistakes have been made, absolutely. But some of the things is a process. Some of it is fan choice. So the fan choice things like NFTs and fan tokens. Personally, I've never seen the point in them. I don't see their value whatsoever. But it's an option for fans to go down if they want them. It's a fan's choice to purchase. The option is yours. 
much like what people were talking about about Castor releasing a top or some something every single week, you don't need to buy it all. And I know there's people that all oh, right, oh, it's, you know, it's all about kids, you know, and the kids will get disappointed. Well, I'm sorry, that's up to you as a parent to then temper your your child's disappointment because life's full of disappointments. And I'm not going to give a sermon <laughs> oh, about parent right, at all. You're a right Grinch, come on. <laughs> but that's that. You know, you can't get everything in life, so you, you pick and choose. Much like the NFTs and fan tokens, as I said, don't see the point in them. They're a waste of money. They mean nothing. My jeers absolutely hasn't worked the way it was meant to undoubtedly it seems to be come across really as a a money-making exercise with a couple of extras thrown in i think what they've tried to do is too much too soon and away tickets should never have been linked to it at the start it really shouldn't have been now i know i'm coming from a place of not going to away games but that said fans are going to need to realise that demand will always outstrip supply for away tickets and there's absolutely no fair way of allocating them because if there was it would have been done by now and I'm pretty sure my jeers wouldn't have been part of it so when you've got a ground that are only offering a couple of thousand tickets yet you've got 10,000 fans wanting to go what can you do? What can Rangers do? RSCs again coming from a place that I've, I've not been part of one and they've had their allocations dramatically cut from what I hear because of my jeers. Is that not going back to the whole fairness aspect of away tickets where have RSCs not had a monopoly for for forever how long? Dave, you might know a wee bit more than that because you used to go on some of the buses, didn't you? So, yeah, I, I but, did, yeah. I was a, a member of a supporters club in the Fourth Valley area who would always seem to be quite fortunate when it came to away tickets always see, seem to, to source them. I was put, putting that more down to the guys that run the supporters clubs rather than, you know, just the sort of allocation given, you know, we're always able to find them and dis- distribute them quite e- evenly out. So it was more to do with allocation rather than that. But I do see what you're talking about there. I do, I, I do understand that. Now, I know all of these are old issues. So why did Club 1872 have to come out with all this shit they now? You know, did they think, oh, it's an international break, we'll just get it all out in the open there? Now, their statement certainly lit the touch paper. However, what followed from Rangers was an equally disgraceful was statement. E- was even worse, I would say, Aye. actually, than what theirs was, but uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get into it, Derek. Yeah, I mean, it was shockingly worded. It even had fans confused as who was it actually aimed at. Yeah. They, they thought it was aimed at, at fans, some people, which it clearly wasn't. It was aimed at Club 1872. It wasn't becoming of the club at all. And it shows that, that as the head of PR, David Graham is completely out of his depth. If he sanctioned that statement or worse, wrote the thing, then he needs his jotters on the spot. If he hasn't wrote it or sanctioned it, then he needs to fire anyone who on his team who has released this without being sanctioned or resign out of principle if it's been done above his head like it's been one of the directors so it just shows you once again Rangers PR is a shambles I think everything could have been sorted out if the PR was more professional we would have had that statement out like you said Dave about you know we'll de- we're aware of fans yep. you know criticisms we will deal with them once the season's ended I think if it was a professional PR company I'm not talking about Holocom uh, <laughs> Holocom here RIP Holocom but uh, yep. I'm talking about a professional PR company here dealing with this not just one guy who happens to be a fan who's had some vague experience you know and then all of a sudden Dave King wades in as expected yeah. he would offering the £3 million loss in fees we would get if we pull out, out of the friendly well Dave that's all well and good 
but are you actually going to fund any compensation agreement that would be coming our way also? I mean, I'm not even sure if he can just give the club the money. You know, it would maybe need to be a loan which would have interest or would it be a case of we would want to get more shares, like a, an equity thing out of that, what? which would, wouldn't make sense because he's trying yeah. to offload his shares. You know, none of this is what we need at all. 150th anniversary, fighting for the league, Scottish Cup, Europa League, and this is the shit we're getting now. I know. I think, as you say, Derek, the whole debacle, I mean, I actually think that the, the, the club ha- handled this as probably as, as bad as it could be. It was... You know, we've we've been watching in horror everything that's been happening in Ukraine with the, the Russian president, with Vladimir Putin, with his sort of di- dictatorship and what I say go. That was how that statement read to me. It was, you know, we we're in charge. Nobody will tell us what what to do. We'll we'll be addressing this. We'll be dealing with it. It was it, it was really poor. But what's Dave King's end, end game though, Derek? What what is he? I mean, obviously he's wanting to try and get back in. He's obviously putting you know saying that he's going to come in and yeah you know put put money down for compensation for the friendly to get on the fan. You know he, he got on side by a huge part of the fan base. It's worrying, as you say, this stage of the season, everything that's happening for us, all to be happening at this stage is, is worrying. It's affecting everybody. It's affecting all the supporters. It's affecting the, the team. And it just looks re- really, really bad, really, really poor. And especially for Rangers, look really amateurish as well. Yeah. It's just a, an absolute shit show all round. The friendly should be cancelled. Again, I'll temper that with the fact that there will be legal issues there, no doubt. So, if that wasn't enough, though, in the middle of all this drama, as uh, Rangers had allocated Celtic 700 tickets for the up-and-coming game at Ibrox, all that's really done is reignited the ticketing debate now. Celtic fans have stated they should, should refuse unless they get their old allocation. Some of our fans, bizarrely, want that too, starting from this up-and-coming game. I mean, Dave, wh- wh- where do you even start with that? As I pointed out on Twitter, the same fans that want the old allocation are the same ones that are vociferously protesting against the friendly in the first place. So it begs the question, what's the reason for not wanting this friendly then if they're quite happy to have more Celtic fans in the stadium? Is it because they don't want to make money with them? Is it, are they like me, that they think that given their antics over the last 10 years in relation to us and their child abuse issues, that we should be having nothing to do with them? Or are they really just protesting as an excuse to have a go at the board? At this point, I don't know if they're they're quite willing to accept more Celtic fans in the stadium. I mean, some fans have used the excuse that we're destroying the atmosphere of the best fixture in the world. Sorry, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, want, I want the home advantage. I want the three points. I want us to have as little to do with them as possible. I mean, another issue with their view is that giving them their allocation back, our own season ticket holders would need to be chucked out of that game. Yeah. Because for years, people were reluctant to buy season tickets in the Broomland stand because you wouldn't get old firm games. That's the reason why Celtic got as many fans as they did, because season ticket holders wouldn't want to go there. I mean, the main reason, I suspect, it's because it's a very entitled and selfish one, is they want to attend the Parkhead game. I mean, one fan I've seen claim that Robertson is not giving our team the advantage of more fans at the Parkhead game. Quite funny that he never had an answer when I pointed out that the game at Ibrox is first, and if we don't win that, well, the Parkhead game is academic anyway. It's an utterly bizarre mindset to have. I think, regardless, Derek, if you know, let's say it was set 
at 700 fans. 700 fans aren't going to make that difference in either Ibrox or Parkhead when it comes to atmosphere and noise. Let's, let's be perfectly honest. It's a puzzling one. I'm the same as you. All this trouble started with the decision was made to have none whatsoever. Uh, you know, it was to, to our advantage in the first game. It was to their advantage in the second game. That's just the way that that, that, that it is. It's, it's bringing it all back up again. And as you say, I'm really quite confused now with the people that want it but don't want the friendly to go ahead. I'm the same. I don't want either. Exactly the same as you in that stance. So it is, it, it is puzzling and it, it brings up the whole debate again. I don't know what's actually going to happen, Derek. If anything has been agreed for the next game or not but as you say it's going to be it's going to have to they're going to have to do something to move all the fans that had their season tickets that have paid for their season ticket to have you know the two Celtic games in there so there's going to be a big mix up there I don't know how they're going to do it but a lot of fans are going to have to move if that is the case which isn't right let's be honest Well Rangers have given them the the 700 and Celtic have accepted it The, the question is what happens for next season well, well, they want to go back to the whole what eight, ten thousand, whatever it is. So then, people will no renew their season tickets. Yeah. I would, I would much rather get a guaranteed season ticket holder in there for five hundred pound a year mm-hmm. than having a stand which can be open to not actually getting sold. I mean, generally it is these days where we, we always really sell it, but the, the, it can leave the the uh, open to us not selling tickets. So that's less yeah. money for the club then. Yep. Um, the, you're forgetting, Dave, though, that the whole point of us not having any Celtic fans in the first game was because of the red zone. Now, we told the SPFL, we told Celtic that, can you guarantee us, we'll give you an allocation, but you need to guarantee us that we'll get an allocation for the return leg if there's still a red zone. They couldn't do that. So we told we're not giving you any allocation because our fans in the red zone got moved to the, the traditional away end. There was no red zone in the last game against Celtic, but Celtic still refused us an allocation, yep. which is against SPFL rules, might I add, which they still haven't been pulled up against. So we've given them a all- 700 allocation. I would expect Celtic, or that's the wrong word to use because I don't expect anything from them, but by rights, Celtic should give us the same allocation for the game at Parkhead and w- whenever it's going to be at the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see if they actually do or not. Yeah. So, and Cam. <laughs> I'm actually quite surprised. You actually kept your cam there. I think if that had been a couple of days ago, it'd have been a completely <laughs> different podcast. But there you go. Dave, well I just, I just, the whole issue is exasperating as it is. And then when. As somebody said, we're a podcast and I'm one member of it and, you know, he's given his opinion and I'm giving mine, right? That's fair enough. And I know what it sounds like is if I'm having a go at fans on this issue constantly, but sometimes I just see it's a case of, right, you've made the point, let's move on. There's no point flogging a dead horse over it. And when it comes to issues like this where... I strongly disagree with them, I'm only giving my opinion over and I'm not saying, and like I said in the last last podcast... I don't see myself, and we don't see ourselves as in the know, we don't see ourselves as being better than anyone else. We just give our opinions over, and I really struggle to find where people are coming from sometimes. And it's really difficult on Twitter, I know, because you're having to type it out. I just find it really difficult to understand where people come from at times. So 
I just hate being tarred with a Derek brush. That's what that's, 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 that's here, you know. It's, it's you know, you know, you Derek and Dave with these the, these things. That I've, I haven't even opened my mouth, Derek. It's shocking, uh, but there, there you go. It's uh, always going to be the same. You're yes. always going to land, land me in bother, Derek. I just need to face the facts, I think. Exactly. <laughs> no comment, really. <laughs> Still like you. No. <laughs> anyway, well, she'll move on. Hopefully, the, the by the time Dave's back, his holidays there, she'll be all sorted out. And, oh, I well, doubt it very much, but there yeah. you go. But anyway, moving on now. According to reports in Serbia, our fans caused £10,000 worth of damage and 500 seats were destroyed. Now, lucky for us, some fans had done a tour the, the, the day before and there was a video online about the absolute disgusting state of their way end and broken seats and right. some of the seats even looked as if they were bloodstained as well, which was a bit a bit concerning. What is more funny is that the seats were basically just the bottom parts of the seats with, with no back and they were on a metal rail. How they got to £10,000 worth of damage is absolutely laughable. And surprise, surprise, the first newspaper in Scotland to pick it up and have it as a main story was the Daily Record. Surprise, exactly. surprise. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there was video afterwards of the game where there was Red Star fans throwing seats at us and then they were, we were throwing them back. I mean, nothing's officials came of, out, uh, came of anything there, so I suspect nothing will unless you have a fine in both teams for that one. So we'll wait yep. and see there. Next thing here, Sakala has unfortunately caught COVID while on international duty with Zambia. He's been forced to isolate, obviously, so won't take part in any of their games. Should be out, out of isolation for the old firm game. However, it depends on how bad he has it and what kind of training he'll be able to do. Yeah. However, that's obviously secondary and we wish him a speedy recovery. Definitely, as well. yes. Yes. Next thing, on a similar note, tonight it was announced that uh, Morelos is yeah. had to pull out of the Columbia squad briefly because he's suffered a, a thigh strain, I believe it is. So get him back to, to Glasgow straight away. There is no point hanging about, especially if he's not going to get used like the last time. And I hope to God that you know it's not been overexerting himself because of their training methods over there as well, because we've had that in the Scotland squad as well with Ryan Jack. Yeah, no, that's right, Derek. There has been a lot, a few people saying that he is apparently coming straight back. There's been nothing officialised yet, but we just hope that that is the case and he's back to to full fitness because he's been outstanding for us this season. Yep. Next thing, Goldson unfortunately has been victim of racist abuse on his Instagram after the Red Star game. It was written in Serbian, so I wonder who could have done that. And also, Kevin Thompson has stated uh, that he has suffered sectarian abuse, hurled at him while he was um, managing Kelty Hearts at their game against Elgin City. So, absolutely disgraceful <laughs> on both accounts there. Yeah, definitely, yep. Certainly something for the Scottish authorities to, to look into with the Kevin Thompson issue as well. I mean, he doesn't yeah. even play with Rangers anymore. So, exactly, yep. yeah. Last thing I've got here is Jermaine Defoe has officially retired. He announced today a phenomenal player on and off the park. Um, something I didn't realise as well, that he scored 32 goals and 74 appearances with us. Considering right. how many Incredible. appearances yeah. were off the bench, that is utter incredible. How how many crucial goals has he scored, especially last season, Derek? You know, I, I said it to you at the time. We keep saying it. We spoke about it at length in the last pod. I think he should have stayed with us for another season. I think he should have been a played, playing m- member of the squad. I think there are times this season that we've been struggling, that we've been drawn, that he would have came on and scored by the amount of chances that we've been creating. So I, th- actually, I really do think that we missed the boat there. But we've got to thank him for everything he done for us. He was a fantastic player. 
scored some memorable goals for us and as I say last season for him to finally get a league winners medal playing for Rangers I know how special it was I know how much the club meant to him he always spoke incredibly well he was highly thought of by all the other players in the dressing room and we really do wish him all the best and thank him for everything that he's done yeah I mean Certainly his off-the-field stuff is legendary alone, but as a player as a whole, he's certainly in the legendary category for me. Um, You know, just obviously with his goal-scoring record and and how great a player he was. So, uh, to me as well, we've had some great value-for-money players over the years, but this will surely go down as one of the best value-for-money signings we've ever made, I would have said. Yeah, no, it was. He's been excellent, Derek. I say just even for for everything that he done, even when he wasn't playing the the impact that he had on the other players and the younger players around him as well. They all speak highly. I mean, even Alfredo Morelos. You could see how delighted that he was for him every time he scored, and it's not like Morelos to be like that where other people scoring goals. That's not him. So it showed you how 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 much he meant to him as well. So no, fantastic. Yes. Can I just say one more thing, Derek, that we were briefly going to speak about, and it was someone that, that you spoke about just you know, a few minutes ago, and that's young Alex Lowry for Rangers, obviously scoring the, the two goals for the Scotland under-19 team last night when they won 2-1. I really think that this boy is something special. It seems to be any time that he's involved in the first team and he's brought on, he does something, he either scores, he, set, he sets one up. I think he's absolutely fantastic. He should be getting more game time, in my my opinion, and it just looks as if he's he's going to be a top top player. Absolutely delighted for him scoring the two the two goals for Scotland last night and uh, the goals that he scored for for the B team against Celtic at the weekend as well. By far, you know, absolutely outstanding. Should should be playing a lot more, and you know, some of the young players that we've got in the B team as well surely must be knocking on the door of the first team soon. Yeah, I mean, just the, the guy is a phenomenal talent already and uh, lock him down in a long-term deal because we know that when you get young players like that, as we've seen with Patterson, you know, they're going to be out the door quickly if we yeah. get a, a lot of interest. Know that it's done him much anyway because he's he's playing great for Scotland tonight, apparently, and, yep. you know, he's not even getting his game for Everton, who are absolutely struggling. Crazy. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully he's, I think he should should be in, you know, certainly at least on the bench for the, the um, run-in we've got in the last last few games. As you've seen, you know, he can come on the park and, and set up a goal straight away. Definitely, yes. He's, he, he always does something positive when he comes on. So hope to see a lot more of him in the future. Yes. So, man caught on CCTV having sex with a drain pipe. <laughs> I think it's fair to say we've all been subject to a sudden spate of horniness we all remember that awkward unwanted boners you get in school there was certainly protocol for that conceal it, don't tell anyone and wait until you're home till you can sort yourself out this guy from China obviously didn't get the memo about all that he was caught on CCTV shagging a drain pipe Dear, dear, right, you go. None of the above sentence was factually incorrect, typed <laughs> wrong, or exaggerated. He literally got his dick out, stuck it in a pipe, <laughs> and began humping. <laughs> the footage was originally posted on Chinese website Weibo and then Live Week. There's a warning here, fair warning, it's quite graphic and very fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> the pipe was located on the outside of someone's home in China, so that oh, the residents had literally... Had their house fucked. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> at one point, he looks in the direction of the camera but fails to notice it. But why would you when you're making love to a drink? Oh pipe? my goodness. The man is yet to be identified. For his sake, I hope it stays that way. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. You've heard about exhaust pipes and all that, but drain pipes are a new one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh dear. So on that note, we will yes. end the podcast. Yes. So as ever, you can go to our website if you want. Know that it's updated, but it's iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com. You can go to all the usual social media outlets as well, which is like Twitter and Facebook, as well as all the usual podcasting outlets as well. So Dave, me and you will clearly not be back for about four weeks now. So yes. We'll, we'll see what happens in the run in the games. I'll obviously be in contact with you and yeah. we'll have some tweets out and no doubt I'll have some, uh, <laughs> some, some tweets some out as well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it should be uh, very interesting the next few games, Derek. I just hope and pray that we just go out. We keep saying it one game at a time. Just go out, go go for the victory and then build on. But the next game for us is absolutely massive. It's a must win, Derek. I hate it when the pressure's on us like this. It certainly is. So I hope that, like we said before, this wee international break is going to rejuvenate the players. It's going to get some players back to full fitness, you know, that will really sort of kick on and hopefully we'll have the opposite effect uh, for them across the other side of the city. So we'll wait and see, Derek. Yes, we will. So, Dave, enjoy your holiday. I'll be back with post-match podcasts. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Rangers are coming! Somebody's the Coronation Street's dead!